0: Welcome to CMS On Air, the podcast on migration and refugee issues, brought to you by the Center for Migration Studies of New York. I'm Emma Winters, CMS's Communications Coordinator. This is the second episode of a series Accompanying Immigrants in the COVID 19 Era How Catholic Ministries Are Transforming Successful Programs. In this episode, you will hear Kevin Appleby speak with Sister Gabriela Ramirez. She is the director of the Guadalupe Multicultural Services in the Diocese of Birmingham, Alabama, or La Casita, as it's known to community members. Since the start of the pandemic, La Casita has shifted many of its regular services to remote platforms. Sister Gabriela has also been collaborating with local health officials and other Catholic leaders to keep immigrant families safe.
1: So welcome to the podcast, and thank you for being uh, willing to talk to us about your work and that of your agency. So for our listeners, why don't you uh, just explain what your agency uh, is is doing for immigrants, has done in the past, and uh go into some of the things that you've done during this COVID-19 crisis where immigrants are particularly vulnerable.
2: Sure, thank you for the invitation. Uh, We are working with uh, migrants, but especially with Hispanic people in the North part of Alabama, the Diocese of Birmingham covers the North part of Alabama. And we have been providing services At La Casita, which is our nickname, because everybody knows us as a safe place there. And we provide services. Uh, We have an immigration program. It has been approved by the Board of Immigration, APIA. And we provide counseling. And we provide education uh, for adults. We have English as a second language. We have citizenship classes and we have a program called Plaza Comunitaria which is an adult education program uh, for Hispanic people who didn't have the opportunity to finish their education in their country so we can provide literacy and second primary and secondary studies and we work in as a team with the Mexican consulate in Atlanta and with the public education in Mexico So at the end, they have an official certificate that they accomplish their education here in this country. And when they go back to their country of origin, they have their proper documents. And we are doing this to elevate their quality of life abroad. And also we provide food, clothes, and financial aid to pay their utilities and rent bills. in emergencies like this one, the (laughs) COVID-19. And well, we provide um, services um, in translations, interpretations, and we help them to fill it up uh, application for Medicaid, food stamps, child support, all those kind of services.
1: So just uh, a clarification, La Casita, is that the name of the service center where the immigrants come?
2: Well, uh, it's the nickname La Casita, but the official name is Guadalupan Multicultural Services. Okay, great. La Casita in Spanish means a small house. Because we want to provide a safe and welcoming environment for people from different cultures to meet and obtain information, education, and available services. That's why we call it La Casita. Everybody knows us like that. Great,
1: great. So you, you made reference to uh, the current uh, pandemic that we're all facing. Um, could you talk a little bit about what some of the challenges that immigrants face during this pandemic and what La Casita has been doing to respond to some of those, those challenges that immigrants have right now?
2: Well, a lot of challenges. One of them is the lack of education. Since some schools are providing classes through internet, most of the Hispanic families don't have internet. Uh, the language barrier is another thing. Lack of money and public transportation, uh, is, is a big challenge here in Alabama. Also, they don't know the U.S. system and their human rights. So they suffer from a cultural shock. Um, and when they arrive to this country, also they, they got depressed because they have, they got homesick. So they are carrying with that, with them those difficulties. They are afraid to be deported. They they are not experiencing freedom. Um, some women are suffering domestic violence. Most of them mm, work in construction, poultry plants, landscaping, kitchen, restaurants, and cleaning houses, hotels, offices. And sometimes they experience, uh, labor abuse. And now because of the coronavirus, they are losing their jobs. Uh, they need, and they need to feed their families. Uh, they have been working still and some of them without the proper protective equipment. Uh, they are afraid to seek for health services because they are afraid to be deported. And even when they are systemat- symptomatic, um, it makes this population very vulnerable. So they are facing financial hardship. Um, they cannot pay their utilities, their rents. And they are not able to receive government support for the, during this pandemic time. And it's very sad that the Hispanic people that works in Ch- poultry plants are dying because they are more exposed to a massive contagious. We're very sad to see how they are dying in the north part of Alabama in Alberville, where they have chicken plants.
1: So in terms of the health care, have you attempted to find a way to get them tested or for those who are sick? get them treatment, or has that been difficult to do in the community?
2: What we have been doing is uh, working as a team with other agencies, health agencies, with government agencies, with other parishes around the diocese. And we have been providing uh, drive-through tests uh, at the parish level so they are not afraid to go to their parish to ask for that test. So we are providing that, working as a team. Also, we form we call it a rapid response team in each region of Alabama. In the north part of Alabama, we name a volunteer as a coordinator to be able to contact the needs in the area, and their job is to connect people in need with the resources available. We have been working. As a team, and it has it has been a great success.
1: That's terrific.
2: Working with the food bank from Alabama, we were able to provide um, food boxes to family to five thousand families in different areas in Alabama. So we have been able to travel to deliver them either houses and at a parish level. So. Mm-hmm. Until now we have been able to help them and and also we receive a grant from catholic charities u s a um to help people who are victims of this pandemic time um, with paying their power bills their um, rent and providing food or medical expenses uh, covering their medical expenses uh, so
1: that's great um just uh delve a bit more into your local situation what's it like in terms of the community is the community supportive or um do you get resistance to your work um do is there is it a challenge um you know you're in the you're in the deep south uh which you know and i don't want to generalize but mm-hmm. it, traditionally it is has not been uh, is welcoming to immigrants as maybe other parts of the country may be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not to say that there aren't a lot of great Alabamans who support your work, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. at least from an outsider's perspective, the politics in Alabama may not lend itself to, you know, supporting immigrants. Uh, has that been a, a challenge for you, or have you found that Alabamans are are actually very supportive of your work? Mm-hmm.
2: No, (laughs) it's very sad, (laughs) but we are not receiving enough support, especially financial support, because some people believe that we are helping, they call it illegal people. And they don't want to make donations to help this kind of people. And for me, this is discrimination.
1: Uh, But do some help? Do some help?
2: Some of them, yes. Christian, Catholic people, Christian people, but in comparison to other agencies who are helping uh, other, they have more.
1: Right, right. Those um, currents or political currents are are everywhere across the country, not just in the South. I'm actually from the South myself, but Mm -hmm. um, I just was interested in in how the community was um, partnering with you there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What um, do you see needs to happen um, on a policy level, if you will, to help immigrants like this, uh, the Catholic bishops, of course, have always supported immigration reform, mm-hmm, yes. bringing immigrants out of the shadows, mm-hmm. uh, providing them full full rights of citizenship if they earn it. Mm-hmm. You think that's you know what we need to to move toward, or there other things that could be worked for? You know, for the advocates out there who want to change the law. What would you say would be you know your your priority in that area?
2: Uh-huh. As far as immigration policies goes, the current system is far too restrictive. Uh, we need more options for those individuals already here in the U.S. to be able to obtain lawful status that will allow them to better provide for their families. And currently, those workers with temporary or seasonal authorization, they, they are having a difficult time to change jobs or find a job and they cannot support their families. And for us, non-government agencies is very hard to provide for their needs. So it's, Overwhelming for us, so we need more living wages. Are necessary to give immigrants dignity and justice, and a path to citizenship, for especially for those who are already here, and policies for that include the whole family. Mm No, the ones who are already here, even without the parents, they need to find a way to. To find uh, to feel at home here, because this is their country, especially I'm talking about dreamers too. They grow up mm-hmm. here and they need a place to to feel at home. Great, that's helpful.
1: Are, are there any other comments you want to make about your work or um, about the current situation in terms of the COVID pandemic, you know, which is you know presenting us with a lot of challenges.
2: I believe that this pandemic uh, time has been painful but also it has been a t- time for grace because I have seen how many people now are living in solidarity. We are putting our resources together to help those in need mm, and when I think in the Jesus miracle about the multiplication of the lobes. Well he did it was just to ask them to share what they had and they just share it and he multiplied one, whatever they bring. Mm -hmm. So I have been witnessing how people are now are sharing more. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand I have seen families who are receiving those services in a very spirit of thanksgiving and gratefulness and they are we are giving them hope that this is a temporary difficulty, but that together in unity, I believe that we can move forward and that we can overcome any challenges. Mm, And we can continue our mission, but we need your support and we need to see ourselves as brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter our color, it doesn't matter our language, our statues. Uh, We are just all children of God, and we need to, to see each other just as family.
1: Lovely, lovely remarks. So, Sister Gabriela Ramirez, thank you so much for being with us and, and for your great work that you're performing in Alabama, and God bless your efforts.
2: And Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. God bless you too.
0: If you want to learn more about Guadalupe multicultural services, please visit hcsslacasita.org. CMS On Air's theme music is provided by The Music Case. For more podcasts like this one, you can follow CMS On Air on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. To find a full transcript of this episode, or get more information on CMS's research, publications, and events, visit us at cmsny.org.